Hello and welcome to episode 180 of section 138. I'm your host, Mark Colley, as always, joined by Bryson and Jacob. Guys, it's been a while since we last talked, and that's because there is nothing besides labor negotiations to talk about, and that hasn't changed. It's still only labor negotiations, but since we are what should have been about 10 days away, nine days away from pitchers and catchers reporting to spring training, I think it's finally time to look forward at what are the re- uh, ramifications for the Blue Jays and for teams across Major League Baseball now that it's pretty much almost certain that at the very least spring training is going to be delayed. Who knows what happens with regular season, but that's in jeopardy as well right now. But before we get to any of that, guys, how are you? Doing good, Mark. It's just, it's sad because this is the last weekend before the Super Bowl, and usually right after the Super Bowl, that's usually when everyone's like, okay, it's baseball time, they hand it off, and that's usually when we get excited. But uh, yeah, it's just... um, Unfortunately, we just we haven't been there. We haven't been making good progress, and that's also why we've been we haven't recorded in a, almost a week. There's been nothing to talk about, so we're gonna do our best. But uh, yeah, it's definitely uh, it's just it's sad. I'm just gonna put it at that. At least there are other sports to entertain us right now. Like you said, there's a Super Bowl, the Olympics just started, and I'm curious about you guys. Have you guys been uh, watching the Olympics yet? See, I, this is gonna sound terrible, but. The main thing that I watch during the Olympics is the men's hockey, primarily for the NHL players. But I mean, there are a few that I do recognize from past years and, you know, just because they retired and whatnot. But I honestly, I try to watch as much as I can. It's usually just the sports that highlights, but not not as much as I should, which is kind of sad to admit. It, it's tough when it's a halfway across the world. And of course, all the uh, other problems that this year's Olympics have. So it's tough. Yeah, I mean, um, the yeah, obviously the men's hockey for is pretty much kind of the standout usually because the NHL players go, but uh, a few familiar faces like Jacob said, and also last night was able to watch a little bit of the women's team too, and they I think they won. It was well, the last time I checked, it was seven one. So the women's team's usually always very competitive. The final too. score was eleven to one, I think. Yeah, there you go. So uh, they're always usually competitive too. So I'm excited to see how they uh, do this Olympics as well. I usually like um, bobsledding, bobsledding too. That's one of my favorite ones to watch. I'm 100% Winter Olympics over Summer Olympics. The, the sports are just so much better. They're so much more intense. Even though I like recognize and know a lot more of the Summer Olympic sports, it's only once every four years you get to watch someone bobsleigh down this gigantic track or skeleton or luge or you know speed skating or whatever it might be. So anyways, we have some baseball to talk about. Um, first off, I guess what is your guys' level of optimism Right now, we haven't really checked in on our op- optimism meter for I think it's been about three weeks since we last talked about the CBA. So, where are you guys sitting? What are you guys' prediction for when we actually get a CBA signed? I do not know. I don't think we're getting a CBA for quite a while. And currently, it is February 5th. We're kind of at the point now where we do need to start considering what is going to be delayed. And pitchers and catchers are supposed to be reporting to spring training within the next week or two. Probably not happening, I think it's fair to say. I, I can't remember when this was. I think it was in December 
or like early January where there was a report from, I think it was an unknown source specifically saying that teams have been told not to report to pitchers and catchers or the pitchers and catchers are not supposed to report because they didn't expect an agreement to be made. So I don't really think there's going to be something soon. And I definitely am getting a little worried, but now the thing is, is we talked about this one of the last couple episodes we did and none of us were overly concerned about pitchers and catchers being delayed or spring training being delayed a little bit. And I'm on the same boat as that. I think at some point we do need to start worrying about the actual regular season. And at this point, like you can delay spring training, you can delay the pitchers and catchers reporting and worst case, maybe have everybody just report at the same time. But if you don't have at least two or three weeks, I think of spring training or any type of workout, then you have to delay the season. And if spring training is supposed to start within the next month, do we really expect the CBA to be made within that month? Uh, probably not. And considering how it's just basically, you know, there were reports of a, a federal mediator being brought in and then the, one of the sides rejected that. Like these two, these two sides, like regardless of how much you want to blame one or the other, they are on opposite ends of the spectrum here. Like one team wants something, the other team wants another. And they just, to me, it seems as if they cannot find a middle ground. I'm sure they're trying to, and I'm sure that you know, after the last couple of years of pandemic restrictions, the last thing anybody wants is to not have any games on, especially with all the losses that are taking place. But at this point, it seems as if the negotiations are not going as well as I think anybody had hoped or expected really at this point. So I'm I'm definitely getting a little concerned and you can hope that things get made because at the end of the day, I think it would look really bad if the NHL, NBA, NFL despite all the problems, are able to rebound and continue their seasons. And I know it's a little bit different, but if you're the one league out of the big four that's not playing because the two sides, the players, and the owners can't really agree, it's not a good look for the sport, especially at a time when the main goal of all of these, you re reduce the four-pitch walk, the the timer between pitches, like you're trying to make the game more entertaining, and then you can't even play the game. So it's it, it's not a good look for the sport. You can hope things happen. I mean, I, I do expect a season to be played this year, hoping it's at least 100 games or 120, 140. But at this point, I, I think by the maybe by next week or the week after, if we don't hear anything, then it's definitely panic button time. But I'm definitely at that point, or at least I'm about to be at that point. I'm ready to to start panicking and thinking, yeah, we need to we need to make an agreement here. Yeah, it's it's not good. Um, we've been kind of discussing discussing how, or I guess over the uh, last couple of months, that we were kind of all somewhat optimistic that near the end of the uh, near the end of February, everything would be kind of okay. But we obviously have gotten to the point now where we need to prepare for a delay uh, in spring training, and uh, unfortunately, if it gets to a certain point, maybe by the end of February, and there's nothing, I think also that's pretty good indication that the regular season's in serious jeopardy. So. As of now, I'm still optimistic the season's going to start on time. Um, but obviously for spring training, that just pretty much seems completely unlikely. So, I mean, if you think about it, spring training's usually an entire month. I think the Jays are scheduled is scheduled to have their very first game uh, for Grapefruit League action February 27th against the Phillies. So that's when they're supposed to actually start. Pitches and catches report is usually supposed to be like the 14th, 15th, 16th of February. So... If you take away a couple weeks of spring training, it still is lined up for a regular season start on time. However, 
we just don't really know what's going to happen because, again, Jacob, you mentioned it, this week was kind of one of the worst weeks, I think, in terms of this lockout because both sides came out, um, regardless if it's a PR stint or not, uh, MLB requesting for a federal mediator, MLBPA saying mediators have done nothing for us in the past and the only way to make a deal is if we go to the bargaining table ourselves. So we're kind of at a standstill because we also know that MLB was supposed to have a counteroffer at some point near the end of the week and all of a sudden... They backed off. They kind of refused it. They were they retracted it, and they came out with this news of the federal mediator. And even you know players are obviously frustrated as well. I mean Max Scherzer, who's one of the biggest MLBPA guys for the first time since September twenty fourth, the twenty twenty one, came out and tweeted without changing his profile picture or a bio that he's now a New York Met, pretty much saying that. We don't need mediation because what we are offering to MLB is fair for both sides, pretty much going on about how they want younger players to make more money, how they want competitiveness from more teams, and I guess every team in a way throughout the entire league and not manipulating things. So you also have somebody like Marcus Stroman tweeting saying he feels bad for the fans of baseball. So this has turned into kind of a PR thing. I mean, and it's sad because it's 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 really a joke when you think about it because now we've gone to meetings to kind of teams or I guess both sides going to the public and trying to win over the public in their own way. But I think the thing that they don't realize, no matter what side you're on, they both look horrible in this. And I don't know if they know that. I don't know if they think one side looks better than the other. I'm not sure what they're trying to kind of, you know, achieve here because nothing's working uh, in terms of winning the public over. People don't care. They just want to see baseball. And that's what the main goal of this is. That's where I stand, no matter what you agree with more than the other in terms of the players or the owners. It's become a joke. We've seen this coming since 2020. And, um, you know, the fact that you're now you're now mentioning regular season, not even, I guess, certain to start on time. That's really it's really it's troubling for the sport. It really is. And you know how impactful previous lockouts have been uh, for MLB. It's taken a long time for fans to come back in terms of certain lockouts in the past. And one of the best parts, I think, in the sport for a long time in terms of the young talent and pretty much everything going on, especially for a market like Toronto, is um, this is one of the worst times to have a lockout. And it's just sad because I didn't realize how much both sides can hate somebody that much. Like it doesn't it just doesn't make sense of how you can hate somebody that much in terms of both the players and uh, the owners like it goes for both of them. And um, I just, we, we really don't know where we go from here because MLB tried for a mediator, MLBPA backed that off, but now we don't even know when they're going to have another meeting. So it's just, yeah, like the camps are not going to start on time. Games in the spring, I mean, clearly nothing's going to happen in February and hopefully by mid-March something is going on because that seems to be the only case for a regular season starting on time. And we, we all want to see 162. We don't want to see anything short. Unfortunately, if they have to do that, then I guess we'll have to accept that. But we don't want to see anything either as bad as it did in, or as bad as it got in 2020. Because if there wasn't uh, a clause by the commissioner to implement the season, there would not have been a season because both sides in 2020 failed to make an agreement too for coming back to play. So, I mean, things have never been worse <laughs> between both sides. And it's just, you know, you think of it and it's sad because we know that football season ends next week. And it's usually supposed to transition into baseball, but now it just feels empty, you know, especially for people who are big Jays fans and I guess just big baseball fans in general. And you, you really don't know what's going on. And in terms of Jays Twitter too, it's just every nothing has been as quiet as this has been because, well, first of all, 
people are running out of things to talk about because there's nothing that's been happening. And now you're going to see, you know, there's hundreds of free agents still out there. We know that uh, in particular, former Blue Jay Corey Dickerson spoke, I think yesterday or a couple days ago, kind of crediting the Blue Jays for relighting a fire under him. And, you know, guys like him don't have no idea what the future holds. And, you know, I, that's where I feel for. I don't feel for the superstars or the top tier free agents that still remain because they're going to get a job. But the ones like Corey Dickerson, I, I really do worry and I really feel, uh, feel bad because people like him have no idea what to expect. And it's just it's it sucks. It really does suck. So we'll see what happens. And uh, I know the the PR guy for the Jays or the guy that represents or kind of informs the team uh, for the Jays is Ross Stripling. And I know that he was trying to tell the players to prepare on time and act like nothing was going on. But unfortunately, it's gotten to a point where it seems pretty unrealistic. Yeah. And you brought up, you know, what happens to baseball, what happens to the fans after this. A lot of people are concerned about the comparisons to 1994, 95, that strike and what happened then. Um, Yeah, it's not... Good for baseball. Um, looking at the numbers in 1994, MLB had its highest ever average attendance in 1994. It was around 31,000, and it took them until 1998, I believe, to to recoup um, all that uh, uh, all those fans to get the average fans back to above 30,000. And more than that, they were relying on the steroid use of the late 90s and early 2000s and the home run races that we saw summer of 98 with Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa and all those guys like they were relying on that for the sport to come back and I don't think we have the same type of influx this year if if things do get canceled I think MLB will struggle to recoup the fans that it's alienated so yeah it's pretty infuriating to get to this point and you know <clears throat> I I don't think MLB hates the MLBPA. I don't think the MLBPA hates Major League Baseball. I like obviously there is animosity there, but I think both sides just are stuck in this mindset of prioritizing the money at the end of the day, which obviously this is all about, but it's just so infuriating to have to watch this as a fan and watch this sport be like torn apart at the seams because these guys can't sit down in a room and agree on money. So yeah, it's really frustrating and no one knows how it's going to, how it's going to end when it's going to end. Um, if we are going to end up missing games, but it's not a good place to be in if you're a fan right now. Absolutely not. And to kind of lighten the mood, I told my friend, uh, I made a joke to him. I was like, let's just hope the Leafs actually have a somewhat deep playoff run because I don't think we're going to have many, uh, blue Jay games to watch early in the season. Just, considering it looks like nothing's really getting done i mean we i think this was at this point my memory's fogging up like it was what early december that this happened that the lockout happened and then we had nothing for most of that month and then now it's just one yeah see i remember the first few days before that it was it was like the ultimate roller coaster of just twitter and, and free agents and everything and then we have absolutely nothing for a couple weeks couple months and now that we're actually hearing that there are debates, I mean, the first one was seven minutes. That just, that was brutal. And <laughs> it's not really going anywhere ever since then. And that's the unfortunate part. And especially if you're like, if you're a fan of baseball, like us three, we're obviously going to watch no matter when the season starts. But I know a lot of people that are either not really fans. And this is just completely anecdotal, but I know a lot of people that aren't totally fans or are somewhat fans and just kind of are like, whatever, I'll go watch if it's entertaining 
but if you don't have anything on like you're, you're that's a large portion of that market that you're going to lose and yeah you can gain those back but it's it's one of those things where at, if you want to prove to people why you should watch a sport i mean step one is to have the sport on first of all like and if there's absolutely nothing on especially because these two sides can't agree it doesn't look good for the sport and you just you hope that in five years time or whenever the heck this next or assuming a cba actually gets signed this year but whenever the next one has to get negotiated it's not as brutal as this one because it you know especially with all these young players like i think the the key thing here for the players association is that they don't want to be at the mercy or their players don't want to be at the mercy of the team to say the first six years of your career we basically own you for league minimum and you can maybe make a little bit more unless you're go to arbitration or something like that like i think more young players are kind of of that mindset and so if you're major league baseball it's not going away like that logic is not going away so if you cannot negotiate something you cannot work things out to better those players and and fit into their ideology of how they want to get paid it's it's not going to go anywhere like this isn't this isn't previous years where you own a guy for six seven years and then he signs like a 500 or 150 million dollar contract when he's 30 because he barely made any money because so not looking good we can hope something eventually happens but yeah it's it's definitely saddening here's what i want to ask you guys because i saw this on twitter just now from will middlebrooks i don't know if you guys saw the tweet but uh, I'll read it to you anyway. And again, this is obviously another PR thing to kind of talk to the fan base, win them over. And I don't know what you guys think of this. I mean, I know there's a lot of fans too that probably don't know this actually is a possibility. I did, but you can definitely see the fear. And pretty much what he said is, just so you guys know, the league could lift the lockout and everything could start on time. Bargaining could continue with spring training and in the regular season or throughout the regular season, sorry. And um, no agreement doesn't mean no baseball. So basically, he's saying a lockout, or sorry, the MLB fears a union strike. So I don't know where you guys fit on that. Obviously, if you want to talk about like a, a bias from a fan standpoint, you you want to see that happen. But you can see the risks that happen in if in that scenario because I mean, think about it. If a season starts, everything, and then a, a strike happens at any point, you know. And if you want to talk about from a J standpoint, a team that's supposed to be good. That could be devastating. So I don't know what you guys think of that. If maybe the I don't think the league will ever consider it, but if you ever guys if you guys ever thought maybe it's a, something to maybe consider if we really have no choice. But um, I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. And then of course this whole mediator thing this week was pretty much the main uh, topic. We know that a mediator actually helped the NHL lockout. I think it was in 2011. I think that was the year uh, when they had a lockout. But unfortunately, in 1994, they tried a mediator and it did nothing. So. I don't know. Also, to add on that, I don't know if you guys are open to the idea of a mediator. I just, it's just, it's it's a disaster. It really is. I, I didn't even think of a mediator until that kind of came up a couple days ago. But um, we're really getting to the point where fans are really getting desperate here for anything. So that's why I guess I ask you guys that. So I don't know what you guys think of those two things. But um, I'm just kind of at the point now where something, I mean, anything, because the non-economic issues is what's been agreed upon, and that's been the easiest thing to agree upon. I think they actually already made an agreement, the Universal DH and expanded playoffs. Jacob, I think they did agree to that. N- not the teams, like the number of teams, but they did agree that they will expand it. I think the union wants 12, the league wants 14. That kind of, feels like that's easy to kind of sort out, but it just all comes back to the economic issues, and there is a lot 
that still hasn't been made in terms of progress. I mean, we know both sides have dropped some things in their negotiations, which you feel like that's good news. But when you look at it again, it's just foot like baby steps, and it's it's sad that there's been no actual momentum, and that's what I think also has been really frustrating because you hear that there's little things they agree upon here and there, non-economic stuff has been agreed upon, but again, it's just there's way too much here uh, to go before you can even consider anything starting on time. Yeah, the progress has been incredibly slim. If you're looking at things that they have actually agreed upon, like you said, I think the expanded playoffs, Universal DH, that's something that's going to get done. It makes too much sense not to, but if we're looking for other stuff that they've actually met in the middle on, not sure how much there is. One thing that comes to mind is the cash pot, basically, that they've set aside or trying to set aside for pre-arbitration players that they can pay based on what sounds like it's going to be war, based on the amount of war you accumulate before you're um, in your first two seasons in the majors, if you're a super two guy, first three seasons, if you're a normal arb guy, and they're going to give a, per- a certain portion of a cash amount to the players based on that. But I think the MLBPA was looking for $105 million for that amount. And the league said, okay, we'll do this, but we'll offer $10 million. And if that's not a picture of the situation that we're in right now, I don't know what is the fact that this is one of the only things, one of the only financial agreements they've actually come to. And they are, you know, just 10 order of magnitude apart on this, man. I don't know. I don't know. And you mentioned the possibility of playing without a CBA. Yeah. It's always been a possibility. Like when they first, when MLB first declared the lockout on December 2nd, people had mentioned, you could just keep going without the the CBA and keep working out between the MLBPA and the owners to come to a decision. Um, I don't see that as reality. I mean, like we're talking about 1994 and the issues that came up then. The reason there was this work stoppage because they were starting the 1994 season without a CBA. They played it and the players side of things, the MLBPA set a deadline of August 12th to come to an agreement, an agreement wasn't met at that point, so the players striked and they lost the World Series in 1994 and the start of the 1995 season. So we've seen in the past that it doesn't work, and I'm not sure we want to enter into that situation again. Like, yes, it's a possibility, and from a fan's perspective, it would be more entertaining than sitting here with absolutely nothing to talk about and being worried about players not making into spring training and not getting to watch the team come April, May, but... Bottom line, I think it's probably better for the sport that they come to an agreement before the season starts so we don't get that kind of limbo that we've seen in the past. Oh, yeah, absolutely. There's no way, as much as I want to see the, the league resume, I, you run the risk of you're going into your prime revenue time when it's August, September, October, and then you, they went on strike. So that's obviously not anything anyone wants to see. And also, as a, as a fan of a team that's expected to do well, the last thing you want to do is have them lead the division or be you know five games up in the wild card and then oh hey we're not playing anymore because that like you you don't want any team to have to go through that but especially when there's expectations I don't think anybody wants to see that and definitely it it's not something that will be entertained as much as I do want to see it it's I just I don't necessarily see it and it's it's sad because as we've said you want to see this league resume you want to see it get back to where it was but at the same time when these two teams or these two sides are just ones, ones in the North pole, ones in the South pole, like this is not going anywhere, unfortunately. So 
all we can do is wait. All we can do is pray at this point because nothing's getting made. And, and it's unfortunate because at least like if we want to talk about actual players, you know, you mentioned Corey Dickerson earlier to lighten the mood. I want to see him back on the Blue Jays. I would rather him than Randall Gritchick, but maybe that's a topic for another day. I would like to see him back. I think he's a good player. We just need to actually have baseball back before we can make those deals. Yeah, I just it the I think the part that is the worst is that we all like when we started talking about it at the beginning of the lockout, we were like, okay, we expect this February, it's gonna start, it's gonna start picking up. Right before cat pitchers and catchers report, we're gonna get a deal. After this week, we just now we're like and I guess it goes for everybody. Like we we, we don't know. We don't know what's gonna happen now. Like we don't know if the MLB's gonna go back to the negotiating table. We don't know if they're gonna stand put on a mediator. Like we have no idea now in terms of kind of the future of February and March. And that's what's sad because beforehand we had an idea. We didn't expect anything. We expected February. You'd figure there's gonna be momentum. Now we like we don't know because MLB took away or retracted their last counter offer and I think as of now, I don't think there's a meeting scheduled. So that's the I think that's the worst part is that we have no idea. And also, Jacob, shout out to you for actually bringing a, a Jays thing or a Jays topic saying Corey Dickerson over Randall Gritchick. It's just, you know, that's obviously conversations we also miss having. But we just, unfortunately, we can't do much about that right now because we just, we, have, we don't know. Like that's, and that's the worst part is everyone's at a standstill. And the only thing you can do is just hope. And um, unfortunately, that really has no actual impact on the negotiation so fans are all stuck we're all handcuffed and um i mean maybe i don't assume anything to happen throughout the weekend maybe early next week we get some good news that they're going to schedule a meet again i mean the only really takeaways we've had again are minimal progress and then everyone's been using the word heated in terms of their their meeting so I mean, they've met for quite a long time, I guess, throughout these last couple of weeks. Like, it hasn't been just seven minutes. Some have been an hour and a half. Some have been two hours. They're meeting in person. So, I mean, I don't know. Like, I really don't know. So, I'm hoping for a good good news tweet from Jeff Passan in a couple of days. But, unfortunately, he left things off with the mediator topic and how the union <laughs> rejected it. So, we will see. I would like to point out that I believe my prediction of the end of the lockout is still viable. I think I predicted February 12th or February 13th, so still possible as we creep up. We're about a week away from that point. I don't know. Miracles do happen. Um, yeah, uh, Corey Dickerson or Randall Grishik. I'm on. I think I'm with you, Jacob. I think I'm Corey Dickerson just because he's a lefty and the Blue Jays need that, um, and they got no one else in the lineup to do that. And you know who knows who else they add when the CBA is over and when the, the lockout's over and whether they go out and add a left-handed bat. But I think Corey Dickerson can at least satisfy the left part of that. And then you can look for someone on the infield to fix that problem. Well, and also Gritchick's only got like one year left on his deal and he's, uh, I don't think he's coming back. And uh, on the depth chart, it's Palacios is the other guy that's listed there. I think it was on MLB.com. I mean, he he's an option, but I like what I saw out of Corey Dickerson. Honestly, I did. I think that the Dickerson and Simber trade easily one of the top tier trades of uh of Ross Atkins and Mark Shapiro's tenure because it was it was very underrated but when you bring in a, a, a as dominant of a reliever as you did and then a lefty who quietly but effectively impacted your team I think that's perfect I I'm, I'm with you both uh team Dickerson uh, of course the lefty as well we need lefties the Jays lineup needs lefties 
uh, and you assume that's going to be a topic of or kind of an area of need where they actually start when when they can actually start talking to players. You figure that's what they're going to pursue. Maybe Dickerson's the guy they even re-engage with. And yeah, I mean, that trade completely one side. I don't even think Joe Panic finished the year with the Marlins. I'm pretty sure he was actually DFA'd at the end of or around September. So that... Uh, the end of the rotation as well, something to look forward to. And um, there's candidates for that fifth spot. We know there's debate, Ross Stripling, Nate Pearson. Um, and then, of course, there's obviously a chance to go outside of that, the bullpen. And uh, I guess that's all we know. And, and we can't even talk about players because they can't talk to the players. So, <laughs> I mean, maybe Dickerson is that guy. Maybe he's back. But, again, you just go back to what I was saying earlier. Like, people like him, like, he's he's thankful for the Jays and everything. But he has no idea. Like, he, he really has no idea you know, if the Jays want him back, who's going to want him? And I think that's what's really, like, scary for those type of players. And, of course, there's many other uh, players available. I mean, ever, there's hundreds. So they're, they're going to have a lot of options. But, yeah, I think a lefty, obviously, is going to be um, an area of need. Bullpen, rotation, this is not in order. And we'll see about the infield. So, I mean, that's pretty much all we can say right now. Um, Keith Law put out his top 100 prospects. <laughs> couple Jays on that. I think that's probably the only Jays related news we have to talk about. So, um, I mean, it always looks good for the Blue Jays. They got four guys in the top 100. Not an incredible number, but they've had some guys graduate out of that in recent years. You've seen Nate Pearson graduate out of the prospect list. Some other guys for the Blue Jays that were on that list moving out. But so far, right now, it is Gabriel Moreno at the sixth spot, the sixth best prospect in all of baseball. Um, Aralvis Martinez is 44. Kevin Smith has actually jumped onto the list at 89. Then Jordan Groshans at 99. A lot of people surprised that Kevin Smith um, first off jumped onto the list and then second off is now officially ahead of Jordan Groshans on the top 100 prospect list. Um, I think that's a sign of Smith's development over the last year. And it's also worthwhile to mention that, you know, none of this is exact. It's all kind of the little bit of a guesswork and once you get down to you know the difference between 89 and 99 probably a pretty small difference at that point but Kevin Smith friend of the pod making it onto the top 100 podcast uh top 100 podcast list top 100 prospect list yeah no that's good I mean he had a minimal stint with the team in 2021 it was you know relatively successful there's only so much he can do in that sense but you know what it's good to see and I was, I'll be honest, I was a bit surprised that Jordan Groshans was that low. I thought he was going to be a little bit higher, but I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it is just projections and I mean, maybe they're accurate to some extent, but I still think that, uh, I was a bit surprised by that. However, I'm still very excited for him. Like I'm not going to let a lower ranking or lower projected ranking necessarily ruin that, but Gabriel Moreno, that's, uh, I think that's one we're all very excited about because this team has a lot of catchers. But this is another really good catcher that could uh, very, uh, he could kind of be kind of what the rest of the infield is, where it's they're locked up for a long time and they're good for a long time. Locked up, the time's running out and they're going to have to sign extensions and whatnot. But the way the current format is, is you're, as we mock it, you're owned by the team for the first couple seasons of your career. But if you can have him for a couple years, and it's still projections, but if you can have him for a couple years, especially in your prime years of competing, I think that would definitely be entertaining. And I mean, catching, it's kind of slowly turned into this very deep area in terms of depth for the team. Because I mean, Danny Jansen kind of turned it around once he came off the IL for the second time. Alejandro Kirk's floating above 
league average. I think he's he's doing all right. And then Reese McGuire again. He's he definitely turned it around last year. And then you add in another prospect. Like this could be a very entertaining spring training. Maybe not this year, but next year when you potentially have four guys competing for two roles. Because I don't think there's going to be three catchers for an entire season. Maybe you can argue it, but I I kind of doubt it. So I'm excited to see this and. I think this just speaks to the job that Ross Atkins and Mark Shapiro have done because we've basically the last three, four years have just been talking about top prospects over and over and over again. And they even dealt top prospects last year and we're still talking about it. So it's credit to them. And you look at this list and you hope these guys can pan out and you hope that they can come up when this team is ready to make that final step to the eventual World Series. I will say this, because you guys mentioned the prospect list, and of course, people in particular, like Gabriel Moreno. Good news about the minor league season. I mean, we heard about it. Uh, it's actually been realigned to be, I guess, more in line with the MLB season. It's going to be the longest since 1964. 154 games, April 5th to September 28th. So, baseball fans, people who want to watch Moreno this year, at least guys like them aren't going to be impacted. They get to further develop. I mean, Bison's games, I mean... That might be the closest we get to baseball, but uh, it's always an option. And it's always, clearly, that's going to be one of the last case scenarios because by April, you f- you hope that they're playing. But, I mean, at least the minor league season is going to be on, and I think that's an option uh, to watch a lot of Bison's games, watch a lot of the young prospects that were mentioned by you guys all over that uh, Keith Law prospect list. And, um, I mean, that's somewhat entertaining you know it's, it's something I guess acceptable and feasible I, I'm not sure about it I don't watch too much of it I mean but if we have to I think we will I think we will for sure it's true we can become a minor league baseball podcast follow the Buffalo Bisons and it's all going to be on ML, MILB TV so I might have to get a subscription to that um, yeah Jacob you bring up a good point with the fact that the Blue Jays last year had Austin Martin and Simeon Woods Richardson in the top 100 prospects in baseball, and they traded both those guys away, and yet they still find ways to remain a club that, if not incredible, still has a couple guys in the top 100 and still has a very uh, strong farm system. So again, kudos to Mark Shapiro, kudos to everyone involved on the Blue Jays side of things and drafting and developing prospects um, for doing such a phenomenal job and keeping the Blue Jays fresh and Hopefully uh, doing well over the next few years. So I think that's everything we have to talk about. I don't think there's anything else under the sun that we could discuss right now. Hopefully next week we can come back and do some sort of preview of the season. Some sort of look ahead um, towards actual baseball talk. But until then, you can support our podcast on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash section138pod. You can check us out on social media at Section138Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Um, We've been doing daily Wordle battles on Twitter, and so far Bryson's in the lead. By a hair, by one day, it's 3-2 for Bryson, and Jacob still has a donut on the board. But you can check out that and get the daily update uh, there on Twitter. Um, Otherwise, you can give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. You can give us a rating and review on Spotify, but until next week, until we have something else to talk about, we'll catch you then.